One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is how I fight my battles, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Aston Villa survived while Chelsea and Manchester United qualified for the Champions League. It's the 27th of July. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Jim Campbell. How about that last day action, guys? Busy. (laughs) Oh, Jim, the business end is over. It's done for it, most. For oh. I've still got a week of uh, oh no, potential got, stress. FA Cup final's not business end. Business end re- specifically refers to the league. Surely no, you, you, think? you say That's an interesting point. You say that. I think it's the way that it's it's sort of framed because you know the sort of you who needs what sort of guides yeah. that you get before the yeah, final day yeah. of the yeah. season on uh-huh. like the Guardian or BBC Sport mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean Jim sent us a very useful twist on that on mm-hmm. our on our WhatsApp group. But the one that really amused me, I think it was in the Guardian, where it was like Chelsea, you know, need uh, a point, for example. Yeah. And then it said, Arsenal need to win the FA Cup final next week <laughs> to qualify for Europe. <laughs> so it's part of it, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like, that was really rude and baiting, I felt. Yeah, but you don't go into the cup final and go, right, well, what the, what's the permutation? What, what do the two needs need? Well, the win. Yeah, no, but you don't go into the you don't go into the the, the last league mm. game of the season. What do we need today? We need to win next week. 
Yeah. Well, weird. in terms of European competition, they're absolutely right, Andy. <laughs> And if you do well to remember that. I, I will, I will. Um, the big story, of course, really, I mean, there's lots of stories and so on and so forth. There was um, Jesse Lingard scored. Um, <laughs> but before we get on to that, um, straight to the relegation battle. Yeah. Aston Villa survived, Jim. They, Oh, God, and didn't they, didn't they sort of cut it close <sighs> on, uh, on occasions? It was really, really stressful to watch. I was kind of rooting for Villa, so I was, I was watching uh, the Arsenal game on one screen what, so what did you want? on another. What did you want to happen so you have... You wanted Villa to survive. Yeah. Assume you wanted Leicester. Yeah, I would have liked to see Leicester finish in the top four. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll come on to that. But actually, ultimately, they clearly didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. We'll, again, we'll come on to that. And but, you and you wanted Spurs in the Europa. Uh, I I try not to think about them <laughs> at the moment, actually. The big thing that disappointed me was Nick Pope not getting a clean sheet. Yeah. To be fair, <laughs> when that, a, <laughs> that was quite far down my list. I have to say that about you, Andy. Hopes and desires for yeah. the final day of the Premier League season. I had a lot of hope for the Pope, but he didn't do it. Uh, which is, a, but I mean, what a way to! I mean, if you're gonna, you know, get one past Nick Pope, what a goal that was! That's what it takes these yeah. days. That's it, what it, it indeed, takes. Yeah. So that was the big disappointment for me was that Nick Pope didn't get to share that golden glove. He didn't get to get a few fingers of the golden glove uh, with Edison. Uh, but Jim, we go back to the relegation business because. Um, you can't begrudge that with, with Jack Grealish, can you? Unless no. you're a Watford fan. No, it was it was what a finish it was as well. It was one of those ones where you think he's probably not even going to get a shot away. Mm. Um, but to, I, I think Fabianski could probably do better, but might have been taken by surprise. I think that, I think that's fair because you, you don't. It doesn't look like Grealish has created enough space no. to make a shot. There's a lot of traffic in 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 front of him. And then you expect the ball to move a little bit more than it actually does because Fabianski kind of dives past it. Yeah, I mean he's such a good goalkeeper, and you know West Ham are generally quite indebted to him. Yeah. So I think him conceding a goal like that, which you know maybe he could have saved, maybe he couldn't. I think in a in a non-game for them, yeah. I, I think it's kind of hard to. Hard to level at him. He, he won't be getting dropped for Willy Caballero, which is what happens to any goalkeeper who's <laughs> struggling a little bit. He's like the Fraser Campbell kind of type of sub for me. If, it's if, like, does Caballero play for everyone? Yeah. If, 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 if you're a goalkeeper and, they, and your club signed Willy Caballero, you'll be going, Uh-oh. oh no, my days are not. <laughs> yeah. at number one are numbered. Yeah. Um, well, Villa was seven points from safety a few weeks ago. So considering they, <laughs> they survived, you know, a lot of people thought, oh, surely. Yeah. Surely they're, they're down. But they, I think a lot of their own players thought that in, in, the, in the manner in which they were playing, which yeah. is quite... Mm. But it was very fitting for Grealish to score. It was, but also, like, what was it? like? It was under a minute or so later oh where, goodness, where a goal yeah. deflected in off of him. And it was such... It was so unlucky as well. And at that point, I think Watford were at 3-2. And it did have that sense of inevitability, mm. isn't it? Mm. And it's so nice to see that sense of inevitability come to nothing for somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did think, yeah... It, you know, if, if if Troy Deeney sort of gets the winner against Arsenal, and he had a header and, as well, yeah. And so I told mm. you they didn't have the bollocks for this sort of thing, <laughs> uh, but it was close, Andy. I mean, the sort of the, the way it was, the goal difference as well. I mean, it, one all was better for Villa than nil nil, a goal scored for, and all that kind of crap. Um, but that goal that uh, West Ham scored, I mean, people obviously liked it to Andres Bremer's goal against England in the 1990. That, that's what Darren Fletcher said on commentary. Straight away, yeah. he said, yeah, I think. Yeah, he did. You know, and I've would, not seen a deflection like that since Paul Parker in 1990. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. well, it was the same. I was, I it was, was very train-spotting-esque commentary, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but, but my goodness, yeah, he almost sort of nearly uh, uh, sucked the joy completely from Villa's day. And then you saw when the full-time whistle, when Dean Smith's going, hang on, not yet, yeah. wait. 
because they thought a point, which obviously ultimately was. Well, yeah, I mean, they've seen previous teams celebrating too soon. I think mm. Schalke, Scarborough. Manchester City. Yeah. Um, in the 90s, I remember they were 2-0 down, 2-all, and they were holding the ball in the corner and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. and, and they were relegated that, that day. I mean, you would look ridiculous because there were times when Villa were time-wasting at the end because clearly the news they're yeah. getting is even if Watford equalise, you know, we'll, we, we'll be okay. Is that, is that what John Terry was doing in his earpiece? I hate to think what, what John Terry's getting in his earpiece. Because he was, he was very chatty, wasn't he? Mm. While uh, Dean Smith was chatting to the players. Yeah. John Terry was uh, on the line. Yeah, well... It could I, be anything, couldn't it? It, it really could be. Uh, but what, I mean, what about old, old Watford themselves? I mean, they, they were 3-0 down. For crying out loud! Yeah, and it, it was weird because they weren't uh, they weren't as bad as that no. reflect because they actually they they took the game to Arsenal quite a lot mm-hmm. in the first half actually, but they just didn't have the quality to really do anything with it. Like Aubameyang's goal was brilliant, but how's he got the space to do that? You just saw Ben Foster's reaction of just uh, crying out loud. Like yeah. he, you know, he 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 kept the goal difference uh, at bay against Manchester City, of course, but. Uh, <sighs> That I know we've talked about it, blah 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 blah. But that decision to get rid of Nigel Pearson, do you think it actually would have made a difference? I don't. Though, I don't the know. They but, had. Well, I, it, it's it's more the fact that they did it and look at the outcome. Yeah, and that will be. I mean, it's a total hospital pass for Hayden Mullins. I mean, someone who's yeah. clearly got ambitions uh, to be a, a, a top flight coach. Mm. I've I've no idea whether he would be a great top flight coach or or not. I don't really know enough about him as a, as, as a coach, but. Um, I mean, it's it's just an impossible task, mm-hmm. really getting getting lumbered in for that. You know, I mean, if if they'd have just about got over the line, you know, two games is is not a period in which you can really prove everything. I mean, I know Watford have done very very well at turning over coaches over the years, but maybe this was the bit of turnover too far, really. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's five seasons in the Premier League for Watford, and, and this is the first time they've even come close to getting yeah. relegated. They've been safe pretty yeah. much all, all, all the rest of those and when you think how much teams spend to get in the Premier League I mean I know especially like the likes of Ian Holloway were very upset about the the, the way they did resource sharing at the, the the start of the Pozzo era but I, I think they must have spent less than pretty much any club to get in the Premier League because they shared those resources between initially Granada of course they don't own them anymore but certainly Udinese as well and to, to me, it seems like a very healthy and sustainable way of running a football club. I'm not talking about the way they, they deal with coaches. That, mm. that's, a, that's a different matter entirely. Mm. Um, but I think it's, you know, people talk about Bournemouth sometimes, the fairy tale, don't they? I mean, they have thrown a lot of money at it. Yeah. And Watford have never been in the same ballpark, really. Mm-hmm. And it's, They've you know, cleverly, it's, it's a though, shame that hasn't worked out. Players like Adelaide and Decore. Um, obviously, that you know, they've done very well with with, with bringing yeah. through certain players and, and and keeping a core together. It's it's interesting because the, so the squad isn't that different now than it is from some of the, uh, yeah, the I, teams they've had that have yeah. done really really well. And mm. five seasons, like it seems like longer than that to me. And it does show you quite how quickly, like a sort of in quotes established team can can go down. It doesn't doesn't take very long for a team to feel like part of the furniture. And Watford have definitely got to that point. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you there. But then. You know, it's between them and Aston Villa. I mean, Aston Villa, you know, you don't need to tell them that they should be an established Premier League side. When you think of the history of that club, the city where they're from, blah, 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 blah. But it is funny how they spent the last, what, three years before they went down from the Premier League Mm. looking 
for all the world like they were going to go down mm-hmm. before they actually did go yeah. down. Circling and, the drain for a long time. Yeah, and now they've taken up the exact same position, <laughs> having come back up. You know, they've looked like they were going to go down all season and, and, and just about escaped at the end. I mean, you know, I think you go back to some of those um, seasons where they, they just about got away with it. And Villa Park was what saw them over the line. I know you can eulogise about Villa Park to the extent it's almost a cliche, but I think it's true. It is one of those great old English football grounds. Mm. And, you know, I remember being there when they they beat Sunderland 6-1, when they had that little um, motoring at the end of the season to to stay up. And it was just such an occasion. Like Villa Park under the lights is is, is amazing. I think Villa Park under the lights and Old White Hart Lane under the lights were just absolutely Mm. fantastic. And it has been something they've missed. But, you know, I know a lot of people were saying, oh, well, the last day of the season won't be the same, not just without any fans, but without any crying fans when teams (laughs) go down. But I think there's so much range of emotion in Dean Smith's face. Yeah. I think... Yeah, you you were covered. I mean, there was a guy who really, really went through it, and a fan. So yes, actually, you've yes. kind of got everything you need at once. Exactly. Jack Grealish as well. I yeah. imagine they're both very hungover now, based on what Dean Smith yeah. said after the, the game. About um, <laughs> the only thing he wanted to do was get drunk with him. Um, but Eddie Howe was close to tears oh. as well, wasn't he? I feel like Eddie Howe's been on the verge of tears for like for about six months now. It's been strange, hasn't it? We talked about this that Howe in his some of his interviews have just said. Yeah, it felt like, oh, I I don't know what to do. I can't Mm. seem to stop this. And, you know, they gave it their all on the last day. It was a good win. Everton are exactly the team you want, (laughs) especially with Pickford in generous mood. It just wasn't enough, was it? But you're right. Like, they've they've lost so many games this season. And, I mean, lost 19 of the last 25. You know, it it, it was too little too late, ultimately, on the last day of the season. It was. I, we talked about this on on Friday. I, I I'm not sure what will happen there because Howe said he was in reflective mood, and so on and so forth. D- do you think he'll be there next season? It's funny. I, I read the Oliver K piece in the Athletic. His excellent piece in the mm. Athletic about um, Eddie Howe's future, and it's funny. He was saying how after the game, Howe went into the middle of the pitch and he was pacing up and down with his phone on his ear and you think, is he talking to his family? Is he talking to his agent? Mm, Say, yeah. get me the hell out of here. He's actually talking to BBC Radio Solent. And that uh, really sums him up, doesn't it? At yeah. the core of yeah. at the core of the club, at the core of the community. But I think just because it's difficult to imagine Bournemouth without Eddie Howe, it's probably difficult for him to imagine that. And mm-hmm. it's difficult for them to imagine yeah. that. It doesn't mean it's the right thing. I think he should go now, even if there's not an obvious job for him. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you look at the way that... Um, football head coaches kind of power up when they're away from the game. They can go off, mm-hmm. get a bit of perspective, stand back, take in the bigger picture, maybe go and see how some other clubs work. And of course, the longer they're away from the game, you forget the end bit mm-hmm. where they, they struggled. His reputation will soar and soar and soar and an, an opportunity will come up in five, six months that would be absolutely fantastic for him, I'm sure. And I just think it would be such a shame if he took them into the championship and they will lose a, a, a few of those players. I mean, yeah. obviously you can say that about relegated teams, but I, I don't know how they can hold David Brooks, for example. I, I think that's going to be really hard. And what I wouldn't want to do is them to go down, them have a couple of dodgy months in the championship and then him leave in like November, December yeah. when they're 14th. That that wouldn't be the, the way to the way to go out. I think, I think they both need to move on. Do you think it was inevitable, Jim, that with someone like Eddie Howe, Realistically, with Bournemouth, you know, not going to win the league. It would, be, it would be a monumental effort if they were to say, qualify for the Europa. It was kind of like 
for him to leave, if they say a mid-table Premier League side, would be quite a hard thing because you think to yourself, oh, but we're going well, it's doing good. Yeah. It, nothing's been said yet, of course, certainly not at the time of recording, that now they've gone down, it's kind of like it almost forces his hand to kind of think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a natural point to reassess, isn't it? Because it depends on his his ambitions as a coach. Because, you know, Sean Dyche is a good example himself, obviously, mm-hmm. at Burnley, where actually you can go and build a legacy. And we're in, we're in a time where that's really, really rare. But it it does happen, and it's probably a pretty nice way to live your life as well, especially given how loved he yeah. is around there. So it will mm-hmm. be an incredible wrench to, to leave Bournemouth because, uh, you know, I've heard many, many times about how... Yeah, he really does have the run of the place, I and mean, mm. so much of it is based around how he wants things to be. And you know, it's rare that you're going to get that anywhere else. Yeah. So, yeah, he will have to think about it. But does um, it? Does he want that? I mean, uh, the thing is, when you become this figure that does everything at a club, it's a bit like Pep Guardiola at Barcelona. It, it, when he took a little bit of time out, he found it a relief to get to yeah. to get to Bayern and just coach mm. the fact that everyone else looked after the other stuff. And that's the thing I think that people can miss about Eddie Howe. He's, he's a really good coach. He's yeah. a, he's a player's coach, but is he something so much more at Bournemouth? Would it be maybe liberating for him to be something else somewhere else? Perhaps. So I think what he probably should do, Andy, is take a sabbatical and spend a year in New York just hipstering about <laughs> like Pat Guardiola. Hanging did. out with Gary Kasparov. Yeah. <laughs> is that what he did? Yeah. <laughs> I don't see why Eddie Howe shouldn't. I'm sure Kasparov would love to hear from him. Yeah, I'm sure. He must Or Jay-Z at least. He can hook him up. (laughs) I'd love that. I would absolutely love that. Mm. Uh, He said a weird thing in the Mm post-match, which was that um, Everton had the scores of the other games up on the scoreboard. And that... um, yeah, they, they, obviously Bournemouth weren't expecting that, having it basically rubbed in their faces the whole game. It's like, that's a bit... Do you think they did it to try and help Bournemouth? <laughs> Which seems odd. I have to say that does seem odd. Why I earth? doubt it, Marcus. Yeah, well, that, yeah. I mean, it just seems very odd why you would he- try and aid an opponent, even if you've got nothing to play for. No, I don't think they're trying to aid them. I think they're trying to unnerve them. Which makes it even funnier that they lost the game. But, yeah. like... Kind of a, a shame for Bournemouth. That it just seems a... very... Mm, seems a bit naughty, Very as you might naughty. Say. Yeah, well... What do you, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't like to think of these things that Carlo Ancelotti might sanction, Andy. <laughs> I don't, you know. <laughs> but, but, Would he have sanctioned uh, Moisey Kane's celebration when he scored? I don't like those A tap-in that yeah. didn't really matter to anyone <laughs> apart from him. Oh, well, it was good to see him score, though. Yeah, he, good yeah. on him. Yeah, good on him for crying out loud. Yeah, but uh, you've, 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 you've got a feel for them. I mean, uh, well, while we're on the subject of uh, Everton, what about Leighton Baines? Yeah. Retiring. Retiring. Great servant of the club and uh, and the game, you might say. Yeah, and, and indie blogs on football <laughs> club websites. I was going to say, what, what do we reckon he's going to go and play keys for um, Gareth Ainsworth's band? Oh, yeah. imagine. No, talking. Absolutely, that'd be brilliant. Keys and set pieces. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds like something out in Qatar. Um, uh, elsewhere, retirements, if you, if you like, David Silva, he's not retired, but he's he's leaving the Premier League. Yeah. Leaving the Premier League. Premier and he is, he is someone who's absolutely changed the face of Premier League football. Yes. He's, he's not just changed... Changed the face of it. Manchester City, absolutely. Go on, unpack I think that. You look at someone like him, when he arrived, and we knew he was a top-class player mm-hmm. already, but someone who showed that... Uh, along with Luka Modric, I think, and we've, we've definitely mentioned this before, but someone who shows that you can play in the centre of the pitch without being built like a brick outhouse in the Premier yeah. League. He has changed the perception of what it is to be a midfield player. I think you find the, Danny Murphy the did that League. at Fulham, mate, years ago. Yeah, 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 okay, okay, okay. 
Nothing to do with dicks or <laughs> <in> the two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it's like you rather than ran out of steam there. It's like you pulled over into a lay-by and went, oh, fine. <laughs> Talk about Danny Murphy. Yeah. fine. But I'm completely with you on David Silver. Absolutely. <laughs> no, so I'm not. Yeah. managed to do that. And also, he's one of those players who's often described as being underrated, who's so underrated, they're obviously really, really rated. Mm. But I think... Is it because you can't find the words to rate him? I think it is that. I think it genuinely is that. I think you can't really mm-hmm. do justice to how he's how good and influential mm. he's been easily. So in conclusion, David Silver, mm-hmm. good. Yeah, <laughs> fairly <laughs> comprehensive assessment. So I, think, of his I, time. I, I don't know. Good like we're talking about not being able to find the words to describe how good good he is. Mm-hmm. I don't think damning with faint praise should necessarily <laughs> be the option we should pick up. There, he's all right. Mm, I mean, yeah, it's, not bad. It's, it's it's funny actually. I remember um, chatting to a French footballer a, a while ago who'd learned English over here, mm-hmm. and um, we were talking about um, the, the I think the greatest players from from France, and he was going, "Yeah, Zidane's decent." And I was like, "How can you just say Zidane's decent?" But he was saying decent, right? Because he's learned English over here, so for him, decent is phenomenal. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I often think decent is like like very good, which obviously I yeah, it is. It is now. Yeah, but I mm. said this uh, on the radio once and said, oh, I think you know Marcus Rashford's a decent young player," and then the host said, "Well, he's more than decent, Marcus." Mm. It depends yeah. on how it gives you a little insight. <laughs> it depends on how literally you take the, uh, the the semantics of the word, doesn't it? Because that's like saying, "I tell you what, that Marcus Rashford is very well mannered." Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's not naked. Yeah. Uh, is, is another way. It could be sort of... I think going back to Silver very very briefly though, yeah. it's the significance of his position in Man City's current status in the game is is huge mm-hmm. as well because when when he first came in it was he and Yaya Toure came in together didn't they around about the same time and yes. that was that, that was really the foundation of their first truly truly good team and he's he's been there a long time could he could he dine out with the Champions League winners medal for Manchester City oh, possibly mhm would you fancy them for the Champions League Andy I'm not convinced. I think there's a little bit more to come in that tie with Real Madrid. And of course, we now re- now know Real Madrid are actually allowed to come to Manchester for the second mm-hmm. leg. Oh, I think that would be very interesting indeed. It will be. Yes, indeed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a quick break. And after which, we'll talk about Leicester and Manchester United. <laughs> This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Jack Mates Happy Hour is back for a brand new season. It's the podcast where we talk to some of the most exciting people in the world, from Ricky Gervais. In some ways, fame makes you a better person. You know, it's like, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God's watching me, but I, I know someone with Everyone else is. <laughs> <laughs> to undercover police officers. Can you see the fading scar there, gentlemen? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. That's where I was stabbed in the neck by a drug dealer once. Or... We just talk about whatever's making us laugh right now. When you think back to school kid banter, like, it's well funny because of how immature it is. We had this teacher called Mr. McGibbon, and he had this big cushion that he was teaching us how to rugby tackle on. He just ran up to it, rugby tackled it, but landed on top of it, and one of the kids shouted, it's not your wife, sir. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. (laughs) Listen to Jack Mates Happy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Jack Mate's Happy Hour is a Stakano production. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. Now it's time for a recap of the final week of Betway's four to score in our first game, Chelsea versus Wolves. Andy picked Christian Pulisic, but it was Mason Mount who opened the scoring with that. Superb free kick. Who do, you, who do you think he is taking that free kick? David Beckham against Colombia? Yeah. I don't know. Andy. He looks like he thinks he's one of Deftones with that little beard. <laughs> <laughs> we fared a bit better in game two. Luke picked Harry Kane in Crystal Palace versus Tottenham and he did open the scoring. Kate uh, brought us back down to earth in the Harry Maguire derby as uh, Bruno Fernandes uh, opened the scoring, not Mr Maguire. Uh, and predictably, uh, I was correct with Jack Grealish scoring the first goal in Villa uh, way to West Ham. So two out of four not bad I think that's our best our joint our joint best uh, two out of four I don't think we've got three out of four yet unless my memory uh, fails me uh, but two Betway customers did even better as they picked Kane Mount Fernandez, and Grealish yes how about that 
They share the £25,000 jackpot to finish the season, and in total, customers have won over £700,000 this season on Four to Score. We will be back with Betway's Four to Score next season, of course. To be honest, not that... Sometimes you get a bit of a, a bit of a curveball in there, but Kane, Mount, Fernandes and Grealish... I think Mount's a good shout. Mount's yeah. the, the, you know, the, the variable in there. Well, now we, well know, now we know he takes free kicks, Jim, mm. like that. Uh, all right, then. Well, let's, let's, let's go to Chelsea and Manchester United and Leicester because it was two of the three were going to qualify for the Champions League and it was Leicester City who missed out. Oh, in a barn burner at the uh, Walker Stadium, Andy. <laughs> My goodness, you could take your eyes off it, could you? Well, it should have been. Yeah. It, it should have been. I mean, Manchester United, I uh, think, it, it's, it's really a tribute to how well they've done and how well they've done to, to get into the Champions League. That for the last two or three weeks, they've looked really tired, mm, really yeah. tired. And there was no intensity in that. I I think um, they did well to hang on. Um, and I, th- I think if, if you've got a team with a little bit more confidence than Leicester, and dare I say, maybe even a bit more quality than Leicester, mm-hmm. I think in that first half, United are maybe in a bit of trouble. Mm. Um, but, but you know, they, they, they did very well to, to tough it out. Obviously, the, the Bruno Fernandes penalty kind of let the air out of the balloon. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's it's fair to say Leicester were always struggling to get back into it after that. And, I, you know, I feel a great deal of, of, of sympathy for Leicester after um, a season in which they looked like they were going to get it the, mm-hmm. the, the whole way. But I feel this is absolutely vital to Manchester United. What I do feel, though, is that so often with Manchester United under Solskjaer is that the result is used as the justification of the means they have to get a lot better if they're going to be genuine challenges. We can't overlook the fact that Bruno Fernandes has totally transformed their season. Without Bruno Fernandes, they are not in the Champions League. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. I know there are other signs of promise Mm -hmm. in the team. Rashford, uh, Martial coming back to better form over the last couple of months, the emergence of Mason Greenwood, etc., etc. There is a lot to do with that team. And whereas Solskjaer wasn't the dunce who was causing it all to go wrong before. He's not the genius who's made it all happen now mm-hmm. either. And there are a few big leaps to take. But like surely, um, I mean, obviously Bruno Fernandes loves taking a leap lately. So that's a good, <laughs> good a little penalty leap. Weird. Uh, love it though. But I, I mean, Solskjaer getting them into the Champions League does allow them to, to, to make these changes that they need, doesn't mm. it? It was absolutely crucial that they did that. And let's be honest, probably all of us sat around this table thought that he wouldn't even be in the job at this point. Yeah. Um, at that points during the season because it was it was looking really really sort of drab and fair play to him he sort of he's created a little bit of a siege mentality I think mm-hmm. as well he's, he was quite snippy in in the post match talking about how a lot of the, you know a lot of the press weren't uh, expecting him to be there at all and I quite like it from Solskjaer it's, um, everyone loves an underdog story AJ. yeah right <laughs> but it's um... and what better way to celebrate your underdog victory than going and buying Jaden Sancho <laughs> yeah it, well that would be uh, that'd be interesting to see if they if they can pull that one off but um they're in a position to do that sort of business now aren't they yeah. it, it would have been a lot harder for them and you know the Pogba thing's going to roll on and on and on, but it looks like it, it, he could stay, and that if he did, it wouldn't be the worst thing at the moment. Like that's these are things you would not expect to be hearing around Christmas. Yes, I, I think mm. the, the chronology really works for them. That's why it's so important for them to qualify for the Champions League now, because this summer they've got a clear run at Sancho. Now next summer, maybe post redevelopment of the Bernabeu, um, Real Madrid have a tickle as well, but this summer they they can't. Um, and you look at Paul Pogba. It's 
a kind of marriage of convenience thing yeah. that, that they extend him this season, uh, that they extend his contract this season because it's best for him after a, an almost completely empty season and it's, it's best for them. I mean, and Solskjaer always wanted to, to build around him, which in fairness to Solskjaer, no other Manchester United coach really identified which I find a bit bizarre mm. like that you bring in a player like that the most expensive player in the world at the Jewel, time the and don't build like, around him yeah look, the idea was he would almost be the jewel in the crown not just of Man United but of like the Premier League itself yeah that seemed to be what yeah. the ambition was wasn't mm-hmm. it but but no I quite like your pronunciation of uh, Solskjaer you go for Solskjaer yeah or as I prefer the, the Sean Connery approach just with the pronunciation of that name by the way uh, Solskjaer not way yeah <laughs> Or <laughs> Solskjaer. Solskjaer? How do you say it, Jim? Uh, I think I just sort of change it every time. I don't yeah. really think about it too much, otherwise it would come out as a sort of noise. Yeah. I, I would, to, to, be, to be honest, I would defer to Andy. <laughs> I mean, really, he is moving into... Uh, it's a moot point because he is moving into that Beyonce territory where yeah. he's just referred to oh. by, his, by his first name. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Well, um, what about Leicester? Is it, is it a disappointing season? Uh, oh, Marcus, it's... I mean, obviously, if you look at the, the, the position at the end, they'd be happy with that at the start. But it's a failure. Yeah, It's a huge failure for them not to get into the, into the Champions League given mm-hmm. the context of the season. And I'd be really frustrated if I was a Leicester fan, I think. Like, it's just, Would you just... Uh, hold the golden boot whilst gritting your teeth <laughs> in front of the main stand yeah, uh, at the King Power? I, I mean, it's a shame that that ends up almost like as a consolation for yeah. Jamie Vardy because he's had a f- phenomenal season. But, but Brendan Rodgers... Um, you know they were they were flying high. Uh, you know earlier on in the season, of course. Uh, I mean, but I mean, here's here's a stat for you. And yes, we are going to mention that result, ladies and gentlemen. But in the context of Leicester more than Southampton, I don't think that's ever been done before. Actually, <laughs> well, since that game, the nine nil, um, Leicester City. Uh, sorry, Southampton have gone on. This is according to Opta Joe. Southampton have gone on to earn forty four points, two more than Leicester managed wow since that game amazing that is incredible mm. it just shows you isn't it? it's like two different seasons yeah. split in half and it's, it's, that'll be so frustrating for Rodgers because that, that is a black mark against his name mm. isn't it? it's... speaking of which Jim do you think if Leicester don't start next season particularly well there's a little suggestion of pressure on Brendan Rodgers oh absolutely yeah definitely because this um you know, obviously, getting into the Europa League is, is a good thing for them, and that will um, bring its own challenges. And no, no qualifying rounds as well. We have to say that. Well, they're also they're far more, no qualifying. They're rounds. much more likely to go deeper in the Europa than the Champions League. Yeah, 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 very much so. But I think I think there will be because every time they go on a little bad run, there'll be a suspicion that it might last for 10, 15 games. You know, mm. right, and. I think there's a bit of grace for Rogers at the start of next season. I just think they'll just think, okay, pandemic, restart, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. I, I, I think the way he has, you know, considering they lost Maguire at the start of the season, the way he's brought in Soinchu, they've had some injuries, Ben Chilwell uh, among them uh, as yeah, well. Madison, Madison as well. Madison, um, you know, and Didi at times. So so I, I actually think, I think they've been, they have been poor since the restart. There's no doubt about that. They've had injuries and so on. I think Rogers will be there next season uh, with, you know, as in, obviously he'll be there next season that would be mad if they change him now yeah. I think um, but I would imagine he'd be there for the whole of next season unless it's an absolute disaster uh, because I think I think he's doing good stuff I think I think, I think he really ha- I, I understand the, the, what, what you mean that it is disappointing that they didn't get to the Champions League uh, you know fourth place or whatever but um, you look at the the, 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 the you know Leicester City's finishes other than the, the league win you know was it ninth their, 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 mm. their best season since they finished so they have improved 
Speaking of top scorers, though, I mean, you know, Jamie Vardy with 23 goals in the Premier League this season. He's won the Golden Boot. The age he is to keep him going, that is very, very important. I mean, Mm. you know, compare that to other teams. I mean, Newcastle's top scorer was Big Jonge with six goals in the league this season. Is anyone else surprised that he's scored six? Yeah, I am. (laughs) I don't remember. There were deflections. Six goals. Well, not that one against Manchester City. Come on. Don't be like that, Jim. Um, but, uh, but but what about Frank Lampard and Chelsea, Andy? How impressed have you been with him and them? Um, impressed, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go all feverish over it. I, mm-hmm. I think there's um, room for improvement. I think he recognises there's room for improvement. And I think, funnily enough, the fact that the parameters of the season changed so much was, mm-hmm. was was interesting and something that affected him. I mean, he's still a young coach and I think it's easy to forget that sometimes because of the history he's got with Chelsea, because of the unique status he, he has there. But I think that the transfer ban being shortened halfway through the season did play with expectations play with mm-hmm. his outlook a little bit as well. And um, that made parts of the second season more more difficult than it could have been. But, you know, a, a terrific way to, to end against a, a team that really needed a result as well in, in, in Wolves. And so to, to get that over the lines hugely important because you know they did have their they did have their moments in the Champions League this season mm. I say that they're still in it as we speak yeah. aren't they even though pro- probably wow. in, in, in all realistic in, in all um, likelihood not for not for much longer mm-hmm. um, but you know that's something they'll be looking to, to to build on as well and you know they're they're hugely ambitious I just think What's so interesting I, I want to know how much money they've got in the pot mm. I, I know we never really know that with with most teams, but you look at the fact that they've got uh, they've got Ziyech, they've got um, a, a very yeah. close to, to Havertz. The, the the front half of the team looks fantastic. I mean, this could be Keegan's Newcastle all over again. Yeah. They're surely going to address that though. But have they, have they got the have they got the money after buying Havertz? Say Havertz is eighty million euros up front. Mm. How have they got? the well, money yeah. to buy a goalkeeper and at least two defenders. Yeah. This is, this of, is of the required standard. I'm not saying getting in Pap, Pap Gilabodji again. <laughs> but this is, we can see this. Do you know what I mean? So Frank Lampard can see this. Yeah. And everybody at Chelsea can see this. There's Let's hope so. There's no way they've, they've just overlooked all this. But it's completely right because it, they have already I, I would love it if he, if he genuinely didn't get, if, if he was in... <laughs> A meeting with Marina Granovskaya, and and she said, "Frank, we need to talk about defenders." He's like, "I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. No, that's, that's not no, my bag. No, you just need to lay it's it off to bag. a deep line midfielder making a late run. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all you've got to do. Don't worry about that lot. I promise you. I know it's my thing. It's, it's not that difficult. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I think it has been a good season for Lampard though, because you know the circumstances are very weird. They were weird for them anyway mm-hmm. without the mm-hmm. pandemic. Um, but he's got them a top four finish. He's got mm-hmm. them a cup final as well, mm-hmm. and that could go either way. We'll, yeah. we'll see, but. That is sort of that's what's expected of Chelsea, isn't mm-hmm. it? That you're that you're getting into Europe, perhaps winning mm-hmm. a trophy, uh, and also he's managed to not just introduce but establish a lot of young players, which mm-hmm. has been a thing that's been levelled at them for a long, long time that they don't do that. So mm-hmm. I think you know credit where it's due. I think yeah. he's mm-hmm. done a great job. I completely agree. I know Manchester United have been a bit poor and Leicester have, have dropped off, but I mean you know teams sort of, you know that's that's their business. But it's interesting, isn't it? How. Chelsea's season wasn't going to be dictated by results at all. No, it was dictate. It was going to be dictated by player development, as you see. Yeah, as you said, and then halfway through the season, 
that completely changes. A, because mm-hmm. expectations are raised by the work that he did mm-hmm. in the first year and what those players have produced. Mm-hmm. And by the fact that they're no longer under the, the transfer yeah. ban. So I think to to sort of be able to surf that is I, very impressive. I think they've done well. I Could think. it be that actually the transfer ban has been one of those sort of behind closed doors things where it only applies to defenders. <laughs> like it's still there, just <laughs> on the sly. Yeah. I think if you look at it, it's delivered Champions League football and to quote any British presenter to any British athlete who's reached a final in the Olympics, you know, they've got the silver medal in the bag, at least. So uh, it <laughs> could be a gold one, Jim. You don't know. Uh, but I think it's very impressive for Chelsea, uh, ultimately. And, and they're in the Champions League with Manchester United, not Leicester City, which is, which is, which is a shame. Um, I, you, you really just Shreves that there. Yeah, I did. Just, bit, just yeah. in case you're a Leicester fan, you've listened to the last 10 yeah, minutes and you weren't sure what the situation was. It's a little I, kick in the shin. Uh, exactly. Uh, I apologise on behalf of... Don't apologise to me. Apologise to Brendy. Sorry, Brendy. You're absolutely right. Um, I'm, I think I'm gutted. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm just gutted for old Rogers and, and the boys. Um, <laughs> what about Mourinho's celebrations getting into the Europa League? Think that's would that warm the cockles of Spurs fans or anger them, or, or will they not care? Remind me of what they were, because from what I remember, it's him just saying, um, "Always I qualify for Europe." Yeah, <laughs> I, I got into the Europa League. I love it. No, they, they had a little huddle. They had a little. There was a oh, proper see, celebration there when they, you know, they, they'd realised that they've got they got over the line and they're in the Europa. Andy, he's got a good. Uh, you know, related. He won it, of course, with Manchester United when yeah. he won the treble. Said it was the biggest uh, trophy in their history, didn't he? Well. He's so good at this. Yeah. Well, he's just so <laughs> good. Phys- at physically, he's got a point, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an enormous trophy. <laughs> it really is. I mean, and Manchester, Manchester United, Tottenham, or anyone else can't win the Copa del Rey. So that's no, that's going to remain the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the Stanley Cup. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. One of our one of our number may have tweeted. Uh, you know, should I be happy that Spurs have uh, qualified? Well, this is it, the, isn't it? The Europa yeah. League is a real slog. Like it's it's one of those things where you you know that you need to be in it for financial reasons because it gives it gives you a boost mm-hmm. and all those margins are so important in modern football but it is it is a slog of a competition that does impact your season in the league you, it just you, does. You, you say that but i think tottenham are in a unique position to to manage that i mean i think getting into the qualifiers for the europa league is a double-edged sword for if you're burnley or hull or if you're Sheffield United, for example, or some someone like that, I think that can be really, really difficult. But you're in such a position to manage it if you've got a squad like Tottenham. Mm-hmm. And you can do that for the whole group stages, can't you? I mm-hmm. mean, the, 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 the fact is you'll well, be able to... Before, they? Yeah, you'll be able to play a half-and-half half team for the whole group stages and you'll still get through. Yeah, Harry yeah, Kane no problem. was their Europa League striker for a bit and it seemed to work out all right. And goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. Well, they won't be facing Juventus in the Europa League, of course. That's a shock, isn't it? Magic, you know. Nine in a row. Eh? Juventus mm. won Serie A. They beat Sampdoria 2-0. There were lots of big hugs on the pitch afterwards. There's going to be big hugs, and what it's a league I mean, title. That must be... title, eh? <laughs> but I know what you're going to say. How do you feel anything when you've won it for nine in a row? You say, Tell that to Gonzalo Higuain. When you're getting a hug yeah. off Pavel Nedved, who's yeah. celebrating it like it's mm. their, their first one, I would love a hug off Nedved. They're not pleased for Sarri, Andy. I mean, it was not that long ago. When he was in his 40s, he was, he was working at a bank. And now he's 61. He won his first league title. Do you think he Again, ate... it's a fairy tale, as Jim says. Seeing a, seeing a banker make good. <laughs> it's what, what the world loves to see. 
Do you think I, I picture him as like a bank clerk just sitting there eating fags? Cash people's checks. I'm sure it wasn't that. Yeah. Yeah. Hug off Pavel Nedved. I'm still thinking about that. Pavel Nedved's. Would he lift you up? Like like your mum's mate, isn't he? Yeah. With that hair. He just looks like your mum's mate. Yes. Yes. Surely he'd lift you up, dirty dancing style. (laughs) Very much so. That's a trick. You know, a little Dybala. Do you reckon that's what he's whispering in the ear of Gonzalo? Are you having the time of your life, Gonzalo? Yeah, I think so. Sorry's having the time of his life, although he'd probably get sacked, won't he, for this? Well, you think of, well, the season's very much not over for them, yeah. just as it's not over for Hansi Flick or, mm-hmm. or Thomas Tuchel or anyone like that. It's, so much of their season has been is to be defined by what happens after the league. Mm. In this little tournament in Lisbon. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, same. Same. Yeah. City of the Five Hills. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a trophy has been won in France, Andy, though. PSG beat uh, uh, San Etienne uh, 1-0. Oh, again, another fairy tale. Uh, not for, for Mr Perrin, though. He was uh, sent off for a horror tackle on Mbappe. It was awful business. And that was his that was his last match before retiring. Well, that was his last moment in football. Yeah, his 469th game for Saint Etienne. Ah. And it was ruined by him thinking, Kylian Mbappe's in full flight. I bet I can get the ball if I, if I just slide tackle him. I mean, I don't really know what's going through his head. Yeah. I, I know some people have said sympathy for him. He didn't really try to go and wipe him out. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. Mbappe's, it's an awful, awful Mbappe's so fast. And just the way his ankle goes. I mean, yeah. um, Mbappe was talking to... Johnny, Ma- Johnny Evans-esque, Andy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, he, was, he was talking to um, Emmanuel Macron, the president afterwards, mm-hmm. um, Kylian Mbappe. And um, he, he said... <laughs> he, he said to conversation. Him, <laughs> I, I know. And um, he, he said he heard his ankle crack Ooh. so I think he was expecting not smoke. something worse mm. uh, for him it's going to be uh, he's not going to make the Coupe de France final because of course they're playing uh, Coupe, de, uh, Coupe de la Ligue final sorry because of course they're playing another cup final against Lyon uh, next Friday mm-hmm. and then they go on to play it to uh, um, Atalanta and whether he's going to be fully fit for that you know it's touch and go whether he makes it at all mm-hmm. but to go in on three quarters of an ankle even is a huge risk. Of course, they've got Angel Di Maria suspended for that game as well. And so much is riding on this game. Of course, as Jim says, it's a unique tournament in Lisbon. So there's not even a second leg to put it right mm-hmm. if you cock it up in the first game. So much is riding on this mm-hmm. for Thomas Tuchel and for, for Paris Saint-Germain. And it's all going to fall to Neymar to do it seemingly wow. which is what he was brought in for and it's which is what he wants what he's not been able to do mm-hmm. in the, in the champions league since he's arrived at P- psg but like like you say marcus it is what he wants mm-hmm. he, yeah. he is one of those guys with that overdeveloped sense of responsibility that i want to do it all mm-hmm. and he's he's going to have to do that isn't he one thing one thing that's been interesting with the uh, lack of fans in stadiums although i know there was was it 5000 fans uh, were allowed into the cup final although they were so quiet tentative and well mannered it felt like it was empty and it was yeah. just the coaching staff shouting i mean none of the ultras came either from paris saint germain or from Saint-Étienne. Mm-hmm. They both had their own bars in separate places yeah. elsewhere in, in in Paris from which mm-hmm. where where they, where they watched the game because the ultras were well if some of us can't go, none of us going. Kind I of see. Thing. But one of the one of the things I've found quite heartening, I suppose, since um, the lockdown, when, when when players when teams have been playing in empty stadiums, is I, I know this is going to sound a bit stupid, but players still 
fully celebrate, you know, like Liverpool yeah. being... They, they, there's still that, that real emotion. The thing that has changed or, or, or slightly uh, uh, been, been a little bit different was is apparently people moaning to the referee and play acting. Apparently those are two things that they think that because of the emotions of the fans and all that mm. kind of stuff, that, that heightens it um, a little bit. Um, so Kylian I, Mbappe definitely wasn't play acting. No, 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 like no. genuinely hurt. I think I, I, that's, I stressed that, that that wasn't a comment on Kylian Mbappe. Yeah. That, that was that was quite a ruck, wasn't it? It was. I mean, it wasn't just pushing. Yeah. No, it was like it was. There was a couple of fights that very nearly broke out there. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was the, the the classic bit of refereeing in that there's way too much to unpick. I'll just put one from either side and we'll leave it yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's like pre-VAR like refereeing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it take ages to untangle all that from VAR. Could you imagine if this was in Turkey? what they would have done is they would have replayed it over 20 minutes frame by frame and then like five people would have been sent off at the end of it. We've, we've not had a VAR brawl yet, have we? A sort of like yeah. Battle of Old Trafford style. Almost like, like you know, you know when like you occasionally... Police, no, going through, prem, no. police going through sort of CCTV yeah. on a Friday night kind of oh, thing. Oh God, that would be tedious, wouldn't it? Mm. That's bound to happen at one point. Hopefully do you, not. Do you think police should be the VAR instead of referees? Uh, depends because... on what's gone on. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the way to sort out VAR. Really? Why would they think? Would the police say, "Yep, Jamie Vardy definitely pickpocketed the defender"? <laughs> well, Howard Webb was a policeman, wasn't he? Was he? So, yeah, I believe so. Is he going to be on the new FIFA game, Jim? Uh, I don't believe so, but uh-huh. I think I know someone who might be. Big Mikey Dean, apparently. Mike Dean's beard. Will that be on the new FIFA? I game? like. I hope that's an option. Yeah, so you can pick your referee. And it'll be Mike Dean. Beard or Mike Dean? Beard clean shaven. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, apparently in the new FIFA game, the referee is going to be on there. Will he be standing on a crush barrier at a lower league stadium? That's <laughs> what I want to know. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that would be a that, patch. That would be a way to enter the game. You know, pretty much like LeBron James chalk toss. Yeah, that would be the Mike Dean entrance, wouldn't it? Yeah, very yeah. much so. Or uh, right, Griezmann celebrating with Barcelona with the. Yeah, that's him doing the LeBron yeah, James. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chalk toss. Yeah, yeah. But that's my reference point, Andy. <laughs> so, you know. Um, there we are. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the Premier League is over for uh, another year. Uh, well, not another year, another season, should I say? I mean, I know it sounds such a bloody obvious thing, but it's the end of July. I'm still talking about it, so mm. it seems almost a calendar year. Absolutely baffling. Um, so there we are. Um, on tomorrow's show, Kate, Andy, and Pete are going to talk about all manner of things. Goodness knows what. So do uh, get your get your. I was going to say tune in, but download, of course, because we're not on radio. Um, There we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for uh, listening to the Football Ramble. Say goodbye, Andy. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Jim. Goodbye. It's goodbye from me. This was a Stakhanov production. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.